Race, a social construct made up by scientists to support ideas that some groups of people are superior and others are inferior. This is not rooted in any kind of scientific differences, i.e. there is no scientifically agreed upon determination of what skin tone is the line between white and brown or brown and black. Ethnicity, a social construct that divides people into smaller groups based on characteristics like group membership, values, language, and behavioral patterns. White fragility, a state in which even a minimum amount of racial stress, intolerable for white people, triggering a range of defensive moves. These moves include the outward display of emotions such as anger, fear, guilt, and behaviors such as argumentation, silence, and leaving the stress-inducing situation. Microaggression. Everyday verbal and nonverbal insults, which communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative messages to people based on their marginalized group membership. Example, you're really pretty for a black girl. You don't talk black. He's not like other black people. He's super smart. What stereotypes do you think have been made about you, if any? Since being in Canada specifically, I think a lot of the answers I give to these questions are going to be kind of rooted from that perspective. Some might take me back, but in general, that's everything I'm going to draw a lot of this from. I would say that these stereotypes I kind of think would have been drawn against me would be based in... How do you say, oh, like, you know, just a young black man on the train, listening to some loud music potentially, may or may not have, like, sketchy things I'm doing, you know, I have a backpack on me at all times, like, what's in there, you know, potentially, you know, am I in a gang, am I hanging out on the block kind of thing, I guess, uh, what's my family situation at home like? I think those things definitely, um, I would say definitely, speaking of family situations, you know, does he know what his dad looks like? What does whole, that whole kind of worms uh, translate to for me? I think those are the clearest ones that come to my mind. What do you think of the, any stereotypes that might have been drawn against you? If I think back, to Barbados, it would definitely be I'm rich, I have a lot of money, I get everything I want in life, everything is handed to me. When I think Canada and living up here, I'm thinking, is she educated? How much does she actually know about this industry? If she is educated, like, where did she get her education? What does she even know? Does she have any training? Yeah, what does she know what she's doing? I think those are the main things, and all of those are from an educational standpoint because that's what my focus has been in Canada. So, yeah, all of those are coming from 
classmates and how resistant or standoffish some people have been and I know it's because they don't know what to expect and that's all well and good but it's never been in a positive way so I know it comes from a hmm that's interesting who is she what did you grow up believing beautiful look like Zendaya good answer where did that come from I don't know if that's my final answer. Let me go again. I think... You can tell us about the evolution. Zendaya for sure. Like, Zendaya is no... Anybody that know me or follow me or anything knows. I'm a Zendaya stan. She's beautiful. And I think even more, I... I think everybody loves her. Like, visually. But I think I resonate with her any, even more because I almost look like her. Not literally in terms of like features, but in terms of skin complexion. And then, I don't know, you can nitpick out features. I look like her and I can see myself in her. Um, Also from a career standpoint as well, so that's why I'm thinking of it. But growing up, I've always thought my mom was beautiful. And she still is. But in terms of like what I was seeing around me... I know I went through a phase and my mom even mentioned this to me recently where it wasn't just white people that I was leaning towards in terms of what I wanted. This is I'm speaking specifically from hair. Let me preface that. What I wanted my hair to look like, but there were also a lot of Asian students that came to my primary school from overseas because their parents were diplomats and what's not um and my mom reminded me that I had like I made friends with some of them and I would come home and describe how like they moved their their ha- their head or their hair and their hair would just go back in the same position and <laughs> I wanted my hair to look like that and I couldn't like my mom could not explain to me why my hair didn't look like that and like why my hair had weather in it and it didn't just like bounce spot like that um and my hair is already like fine and thin so I don't yeah I basically just went through a phase where I begged my mother so bad for a flat iron and to this day my mother has never bought me a flat iron she probably never will because I thought straight hair was the ideal standard of beauty and I didn't think my hair I thought it looked messy I thought it looked untidy and to go even a step further with that into like the privilege I have saying that because I have a fine hair hair texture my hair is it's not thin but my hair is not thick I do not have coils I have curls that if I don't if I brush them they turn into waves like I have a very fine hair texture and so I speak from a place of privilege when I say that that I didn't like my hair and I thought my hair needed to be something else and I still had it easy. Like my mom always reminds me I have the best of both worlds because I literally just pick up a flat iron all of 
half an hour to 30 minutes and I have straight hair and then they're like I've never been bullied for my hair if anything this is a really long answer um if anything I've been teased because my hair was supposedly nice or I had good hair as people about home like to say so to go back to answering the question yeah I really wanted my hair to be straight and yeah that's all I want to answer on that I don't want to get into anything more What's an unpopular opinion you hold regarding race slash racism that you feel too afraid to voice? Have you ever challenged that opinion? I'm actually lost for words. I'm not sure I hold an unpopular opinion about racism. Well, depending on where I am, it probably become unpopular because... I don't know if it's unpopular. It may just be uncommon. But, you know, obviously I think that I'm speaking clearly from my spectrum of racism, mostly of black people or people of color. Um, but specifically, I'm going to be referencing, like, I guess, slavery. And in my mind, I always used to question why more wasn't done uh As kind of like, oh yeah, we enslaved you for 400 years and took you from where you're supposed to be and put you through all these hardships and you're still going through hardship. I would always question why more wasn't being done to fix it, like more actively, not only from like a monetary standpoint, although when I was younger, I was wondering like, hmm, where does that break down? You know, I used to think about a lot of random things as a kid, but for me, um, as I would grasp the history of where I am and why I'm where I am and where my family has inevitably come from, at least most of it, um, or at least most of the part of it, if to me it would be like, you know, my grandfather or my great-grandfather never had the opportunity to go and do this. You know, now, I'm not speaking from a point of jealousy, really, just like a point of, well, you know, Oh, I would ask me. This is where it was. I would ask myself, "Hmm, why do certain people in Barbados own X Y Z land? Why doesn't my grandfather own X Y Z land? Why didn't? Why you know? Why? Why if you know a hundred years ago land was so cheap? Why didn't my family buy it? And those questions. But like, those things weren't really possible. And you know, yeah, certain times you get things like that, like land gets quote unquote discounted or whatever by the government, but. It's different back home, but I guess I would always ask myself, why isn't more done to help those that have been facing the challenges that continue to linger because of racism? Like, yeah, slavery ended 400 years ago, but those implications still exist. I had a co-worker who was speaking about his family history and part of his family from Jamaica, and they went to Canada, but he, he knows so much about his family. And... 
I grew up asking these questions to my great grandmother and she just didn't know like you know um a lot of my family because of where you come from you just don't know so you can't you can't backtrack like, I have co-workers that could backtrack generations and generations like when they first came to Canada that's not a luxury we have so I think like I question why more isn't done to obviously I know why it's not done because no one wants to go back and admit oh yeah we did mess up and put you through all this but for me it's like I think so many people and have had the opportunity to go back and try to you know make this more seamless I guess because obviously you're going to continue to want to understand this and fully move past this and it's going to take a lot and for me I guess that was my unpopular opinion like always do because I felt like I was kind of not alone with that but I didn't really hear like much of a it didn't seem like anyone else was bothered by it this is a permission to sound uninformed what have you always wondered but felt too afraid to ask about race or racism I don't know maybe I'll just speak to what's coming to mind now that's fine Not something, well, I guess by asking, I would want to know. So something I would have wanted to know or wish I knew more about or wish I had more told to me about before I like figured it out for myself and what's not is the intersection between race and ethnicity and then even more so nationality, like how those three, I gave the definition for race earlier. The definition for ethnicity is a social construct that divides people into smaller groups based on characteristics like group membership, values, language, and behavioral patterns. And then obviously nationality is where you hold citizenship and are a member of that society in quotation marks. (laughs) So I guess I wish I knew more about those three things growing up and how they were different yet, like they worked together so that I could better understand myself and also understand others around me because I I guess it would have changed how I looked at people and then even more so how people looked at me and... Like, as we talked about earlier, the labels are, like, assumptions that people probably made about you. Um, I think if I knew more about those categories, I would have had different insight into how, not how, into who I was in the world and this space that I take up and took up during that time just to better yeah essentially just to better understand myself um because my default has always been like oh I'm like I went through a phase where I I still do this with my name but like I went through a phase doing this with race 
when I got to secondary school because like the social labels started to pile on me because I was getting dropped and picked up from school I had like packed lunch and snacks I had a fancy reusable water bottle I had a nice backpack I had good school supplies like the labels would just pile on because of all these things people were seeing about me um which is fair like to make assumptions or whatever but because of that then people obviously the next thing to start questioning is like oh what is your race because there is no definitive um because of how I look there's no oh she's this there's no right it's not right or left and it literally quite literally isn't so my default was always oh you know I'm I'm whatever you want me to be I would literally tell people that I'm like whatever whatever you think I am I am like whatever your mind is telling you if your mind's telling you right now that I'm white I'm white if your mind's telling you that I'm black I'm black because I was unsure myself and because I wasn't fully unsure like I had a pretty good idea coming from primary school but because people started to question it I started to question it and I was like I was like I'm not sure anymore and then I got tired of saying yeah my dad's Bajan and my mom's Trinidadian like I've lived in Barbados my whole life like yeah, I speak proper English, I went to a private school, um, like, the stereotypical things that I had to kind of, like, plaster over all of that to make it seem like I was real, like, I was worthy, like, I wasn't just, yeah, so because people started to question it, I then started to question it, and I was doubting myself, and it was just this whole cycle yeah so then I got to that point where I was just telling people I was tired of saying where my parents were from I was tired of saying I lived in Barbados my whole life I was just tired of having to explain myself I got to the point where I was like I'm whatever you want me to be whatever you think I am just take it as is like Mm -hmm. because sometimes I would say mix and people would be like but like where are your parents from and And then the thing is saying Bajan and Trinidadian is so different from saying like my mom had four grandparents one was Chinese one was Indian one was this one was that like and then doing the same on my dad's side so it got to the point and that's literally what it is like that's (laughs) that's how the breakdown looks just on one side so it got I got tired of having to explain myself and that's I'm pretty sure that's again this is my being lighter skin gives me a lot of privilege and I don't experience half the things people darker than me have to experience and I I completely understand that but at the same time it's the same thing that people have to face nowadays and have been facing for years more so in America but like anywhere around the world where people are just making assumptions of you based off of how you look like and then aside from personality and characteristics and the things that you can layer on like I have a family member that associates dreadlocks with a certain thing they associate dreadlocks with being a bum no matter your ethnicity no matter your race where you come from where you're living your economic standing if you lots your hair he naturally thinks you're a bum which is fair I don't I don't argue on that I just 
that's his perception that's his perception aside from all of that like when you, i it's so unfair to tear down somebody and question them and their value and their importance and basic freaking respect based off of their skin color it's just something you cannot you have no control over I'm not thinking like bleaching creams or anything. You have no control over the skin color you're given. You can choose what you do with your hair. You can choose what clothes you wear. You can choose what shoes you wear. I think all those things are add-on. So like for me, when people were picking at those things, it was like, okay, yeah, this is fair. Because you're seeing me with this and you're seeing me with that. Like it's fair, whatever, like ask me questions. But then when people started questioning my freaking skin color, I was like, like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> like, I, that's, that's why I just got to the point where I was like, I can't. Whatever you think I should be, I'm that. I guess full disclaimer, we don't know what we were going to each ask each other. We basically just picked them as we went through. But the way people use, like, you know, the fact that you got dropped off and picked up from school, brought to school lunch and had snacks and, you know, all that kind of stuff at secondary school. My class was an all-boys class, and based on those factors and not anything else, you would have blended in with, like, 25 out of 30 students, like, exactly, just based on those things. That's interesting to me because I don't... When I hear those things, I don't consider, like, oh, that's actually a reason to... Just because of the different schools we went to, um, especially at the start, like in first form, so many people from in my class. And my class was, um, visually speaking, like twenty eight black students and like three white students at the start, and literally the spread of like factors in terms of like. We all came from different areas and backgrounds and whatnot, but those facts that you listed, almost everybody kind of touched on those, and it was like looking at it from that aspect. As I was listening, like I would not have considered, oh, like yeah, this is definitely a way you couldn't know unless you saw the person based on those factors. Yeah. Um, but see, so that's crazy that f- for yeah, the environment I that I was in, those things were placed on yeah, me, and out. that labeled me in a certain category whereas the environment you were in at the same age that was not a driving factor in who you were as a person or how much money your family had like all those things determine that for people that and as you said like first farm until you get your foot in the door and until like I say this to this day like not saying that the school I went to was known for this or anything but like it was prevalent and I got in trouble once (laughs) but it was it wasn't um I sound so stupid saying this it wasn't um it was something I did when I was in fifth form so just before I graduated and I was actually a prefect when I did it so it was something stupid like once I got my foot in the door and once you like kind of felt established and like people got an idea for who you were like that was never a worry or a problem on my radar and 
I don't even think race played into that at that point because it, it everybody was getting into something like because it was kind of just to claim it at the school but yeah I just thought it was interesting that you said like first form and I thought yeah until until you like get past first form and like, you get your foot in the door and like people in the years above know you and like you get acquainted with your year and what's not it's kind of a kind of all over the place and you're like ah. i kind of want to hit the back story and you have that hole behind you getting trouble but everybody questioning no you why though it was so stupid i just had to write lines and that was the first and only time i went in the principal's office ever because i basically walked through this area that was not it was not authorized for me to walk through there um yeah you just weren't supposed to walk through there and i mm-hmm because basically in walking through the air that area you were walking in the shade because it was covered it was like under a building and what they wanted you to do was walk around so exit the building a little pathway walk into the hot sun walk around through a car park and walk Mm -hmm. around in a little half circle and then get back to the other side instead of just walking a straight line and walking in shade and it was in the middle of class i asked to go fill my water bottle I drink water. Ha, ha, ha. I asked off on my water bottle at... Oh, I should also add that at the stand coolers, like, We didn't have freaking water coolers. I wasn't getting in a blasted like um, water cooler. I was going to the stand plate. Thank you very much. Broken. They fixed them again later on, but it literally lasted like a term, like three months. Brand new. That's why I don't do anything at QC. <laughs> I don't think we ever had water coolers. Maybe we have them now, but like... Yeah. Uh, this is a literal standpipe. Like, I'm not even. I'm not talking about the tap. Like, I wasn't going to tap in the bathroom. Like, I was going to a standpipe so outside, coming out the they wall. They that like had its own little area. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I was going for, but the water for that pipe just tastes like copper. <laughs> but if you got PE and you don't want like you know run, you basically got PE, you run back, and that's the first pipe. And if you don't want to get that pipe, you got to run like that much further tasted great so some people will just like give up and just like drink water from there and like that was just like copper like straight copper is just not not it anyways so i tell myself it's middle class i got permission to go and fill my water bottle it's the middle class nobody ain't checking to see that walking through here i walking through here bear in mind i'm a prefect this is fifth farm i'm just trying to do my tcs and get out you know and the body that like normally regulates in there didn't see me when i was going or maybe they did but they just didn't say anything so they caught me when i was coming back because obviously i tell myself i walk in back through the same way i walked through the first time i'm not walking around mm-hmm. and he kind of just is like what are you doing because obviously he knew me like i was a prefect he was like you can't be walking through here and i was like haha i was trying to jokingly be like ah, i'm sorry i'm a prefect showing him my prefect badge i'm like ah. like i know who he is too like we have a relationship like you say good morning whatever I was like, ha, 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 I'm just, mm-hmm. my bad. I just, I didn't hear it. was looking, whatever. And I feel like he's just joking. He's just pulling me up to pull me up. And he was like, come in here. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I have class. I have, to, I have to go back to class. My bag, everything's in it. He's like, nope, come in here. Where you walk through? Lines for you. <laughs> Call the principal, no. And I was like, what? And my heart started racing. Like, this is the That's first time I've ever, like, gotten in trouble. And this isn't even serious trouble. 
<laughs> and yeah, he made me. I went to the principal's office, and he was like, "Abril, I can't believe you. You're such an outstanding student. You've never, you've never been in." And he had like a bad book, and my name went in that book, and I was so defeated. I felt defeated. R- really? My name went in the bad book. It wasn't like there was severity to like the columns and like the color and everything that he wrote in. So like obviously, I was the lowest um category because my offense wasn't that severe, but yeah i i got in trouble and yeah i wrote the lines and whatever and we moved past it but that's the one time i got in trouble there when you were like basically what i was getting from it it was obviously you know race was causing confusion and the reason like between what you think the answer is to that question versus what everyone around you was seemingly pushing in different directions but the reason that's going to be the case is because there's no one like how we said in definition there's no one set like literally it's a social construct um like and on top of that you might have two people that are the same and because they grew up in different like how we had the same um factors but because we were in different environments that was perceived completely differently that was like oh that's normal that's whatever you just normal whereas in your case it's like oh is this person like white was this what's happening um because race is literally determined by who you are, and that's why now, over the last five years, like on airport sheets, now they always have other because they, they didn't used to have other. It, it would just be these three or four different things, and you fit in there or whatever. But because it's such a fluid thing, and you literally decide that within yourself based on your experiences and whatnot, like, yeah, so it, that makes sense to me as to the confusion. Before I ask you your next question, that's also interesting that you mentioned the immigration form and the options for race on there because I found it so interesting whenever I have to fill out a form and the options are different every single time. Sometimes there's mixed. If there's mixed, I'll take that. Take that. Sometimes there isn't anything like that and there's just black. Gotta take that. Sometimes they have West Indian Caribbean. Take that. Like it's that, and that's why I went through that phase where I was so confused between race, ethnicity, and nationality. Yeah. Because across the board, like it was just so almost sporadic for me. Like my parents are darker than me. Parents have always been darker than me. And then my mom has like <laughs> five thousand different things from her grandparents. Dad's has one parent is on one end and the next parent is on the other in terms of his grandparents and just all over the place and then they grew up in different cultures and da 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 so yeah i just thought that was interesting because i've been realizing that mm. more the more forms i have to fill out and each one is different like sometimes for job applications options are slim other times the options like what the first time i saw west indian slash caribbean on it i was like that's yeah, crazy that's but then again race. what what does west indian look like what does caribbean look like because i feel like people I feel like people fight on this all the time. My mom and I were talking about this the other day. The fact that in Trinidad, like, they don't... Not that they don't see, but anybody in Trinidad that's white, they call a local white because they don't see them as white, per se. They're a local white because they see them as Trinidadians that are white instead of just seeing white people. Um, and we have the same thing, uh, white Bajans. Um, and then she said everything else was kind of like bundled into one because of how it makes sense diverse Trinidad is and like no thinking back to like slavery and 
Split up. indentureship and all that stuff like yeah like in terms of how their population is spread out so so i just say it's it's always interesting when people try because i think that's another thing i've experienced at school because the people that i mm-hmm. might interact with from back at home at school don't look like me so then when my classmates my peers whatever see me hanging out with these people they're like where is she really from? Is she really from there? And then I might confuse their perspective, their perspective on what the Caribbean is, what Barbados is, what people in Barbados look like, because there's no one look for a West Indian or for somebody from the Caribbean. There's no like yes, there are predominant races, and like the predominant race in the Caribbean is black, and I think everybody, once you have a general understanding of the world, you know that, but simple then you meet somebody like me and you get into the nitty-gritty and it's not like I can make it plain and simple but if you actually have to like look at who I am it's not as simple so yeah I just think that's an interesting factor has your family ever said something you deeply disagreed with regarding the topic of race slash racism how did you respond could be towards you I or mean, it could be just in that, general. It gives me a topic. couple avenues to go down. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with what I was gonna say initially. Um I made it easier for you, huh? What? I'll just add that being told that it's unfortunate I'm not lighter skinned. For me it was like okay, that's kind of weird. And I'm happy to be... Because at that point, I was more appreciative of what I was fully because growing up from the Caribbean and just from the media and how people act and things like that, hearing at a younger age, beauty standards are a lot more Eurocentric. Um, I've always found beauty across different cultures. I've always enjoyed different cultures and different people. Um since I was a child. I do have a younger family member that has almost always been the opposite of that since they were younger than since they were younger. Like from the time they were like two years old and speaking or three years old, I was getting a weird vibe and as they got older and could articulate that, like their standard for beauty was literally just white people. Um, whereas mine was completely different. This wasn't even what I was gonna answer, but anyways going on this tangent I clearly on I I found myself like really <laughs> confused because very close family member um similar living situations and background and all that kind of stuff but for whatever reason they were just like look at you know someone that I could say yeah this person is clearly beautiful they're not white but this person is clearly beautiful all the same and that person just couldn't appreciate that or acknowledge that or, or or accept it and they were like no this person is i don't you know i can't tell someone who to find beautiful but for me the the problem was that they were being discounted just because they weren't white and that's kind of what it boiled down to um so i kind of had a couple conversations and give my perspective and you know try to explain how you can't just, well it's not to me it just feels morally wrong to look at somebody and say well this person is 
x y and z therefore they do not meet the standard like that just seems and it always seemed like a despicable way of thinking to me so i had a lot of conversation with this person and i believe they're in a much better place now on that aspect in terms of being more open-minded because yeah you know everyone has their preferences i can't tell you not but to just discount anybody because they don't match this gold standard that has been preached upon or passed down for hundreds of years it just seemed very shallow in my opinion like you can't just say oh this person is i don't know indian well yeah then i don't like them like how can you just like to me it just seemed like a, a shit thing to do um so that's why i i was just completely kerfuffled um yeah i, I mean i, I want to answer this question twice if i'm allowed to okay on the other side of this, I've heard an older family member, um, more than one, be really negative with something they might say about white people. And then for me, it was like, hmm, what is this coming from? And kind of internalizing it and trying to appreciate their perspective as to why they might be speaking like this. But for me, it was like, if you want to move forward, this I don't think this way of thinking is going to be beneficial or productive or anything like that like it would be a case where you'd be like oh say stereotypical thing or basically a generalized statement like you know they're always doing x y and z and then for me it was like but why are you thinking like this and i guess like because growing up back home yeah obviously i was aware of different races um i would say actually for quite a while i wasn't as present to or I wasn't, I didn't, I, I didn't pay attention to it, um, to race, or I wasn't aware that it was such a big thing until, like, I was deep in primary school, because I had met so many people of different shades and colors and backgrounds and ethnicities, but I don't know, I guess I didn't really cue in on it majorly until, like, deep in primary school, and I don't know, I guess, for me, it was just like, oh, you're Barbadian, like, that's how my head used to like, we were all Bajan or we were from the Caribbean I, I wasn't really thinking of it from that perspective um, I became aware and overly aware at some points as to race and then it was like at some points I was like oh am I not good enough because I'm black um, or and that kind of thing came into it but I eventually became aware of kind of the quote unquote history and being from the Caribbean, surprise, there's mixed blood in my family. Um, so then, like, on that perspective, I was like, well, I can see people in my family that literally look white. And, yeah, they might identify as black because of how they're raised, but that's the only difference because of how they're raised. So because this person in my family wasn't raised a certain way, the way that this other person is speaking doesn't technically apply to them, but it was still so... Like, how can you not just look and see, oh, yeah, you have the, you have people in your family a little white, and you're still saying these things. Like, it was very confusing to me. Um, so I was really just in disagreement, but I was a child, so I really couldn't say much, but show my frustration or just express that it was confusing for me or, like, I just didn't really agree. But, yeah, when I hear anything like that now, it's like, because I, I hear some someone say it, and I'm like, but you understand that, 
it's not really that case or that can't really just be applied or be allowed to be applied. What do you hope future generations understand about race? What is your role in helping them understand? I hope that... future generations are more educated than our generation and generations would have been in terms of race and not just in terms of the not saying this literally but like the black and white like the clear left and right things about race but also about some of the things that we defined earlier like explaining what microaggressions are and what discrimination is and what prejudice is and privilege and understanding white privilege and knowing that it's not too early to expose your children to certain things and this is thinking from like a parental perspective that you don't need to shelter your kids from things like this because this is the real world like it's very evident how we operate and how much you soak up in those early years and where you soak that information up from and it's very clear if you're telling your kids one thing at home and then they get out into the world and they're seeing something different, that's not going to add up. And to go even a step further, because of that, we need to teach younger generations and let people understand better that the world that we live in and the world that you see every day when you go outside is like how the rooms and the spaces that you take up need to look like as well. You can't just live in a world where you have 5,000 shades and then you go into certain rooms and there's only two shades. Or there's one and a half. Because some people are going to live and think this is the norm, this is, okay, this is how it's supposed to be, I'm supposed to be the only person in the room, or it's only supposed to be me and two other people in the room that look like this, this is okay, this is normal, I'm supposed to be the minority in this situation. I think our generations have had to live through that, and we're still living through that now, but I think we should work towards, if not changing, educating younger younger generations that they deserve to be in those spaces and they deserve to be in those rooms and they deserve to have their stories told just as much as anybody else's story yeah I know um I can't remember her last name. I was name. picturing so the this, P. Um, first name is Ellen. I know I'm she talking about Miss Meredith times. Gray from she Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she, so great. I feel like if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Like, 
you can't expect to walk out. I think that's so mind-boggling to me. And it's even more mind-boggling now that I'm dealing with things that are reflecting these issues. And I'm kind of like, how was this happening? Like, how did I move to a different country? Realize that I'm, like, I realized, but I didn't take it on as much as I should have. That I'm one of the few people in the room that look like me. If anything, I'm the only person in the room that looks like me because, again, if you're looking at it on a spectrum, I'm the only person that looks like me. I'm the only person that has my identity in terms of those intersectionalities, where I'm from, where my parents are from, where I was raised, how I was raised. And to just move through like that's okay. And blissfully thinking that I'm receiving the same opportunities as everybody else because I'm there. And I'm paying to be there. So I'm clearly getting the same opportunities as everybody else and I'm receiving the same kind of level of everything as everybody else when the people in charge don't look like me. Like, not one of them. And me thinking, like, me and everybody else thinking that that's okay and going through, like, like that's okay, it's not. And I think it's one thing to know that And then another thing to figure out when and where you want to do something about that. And if you want to stand up and say something about that or put yourself in situations where you can work to change that and to tell certain stories because... Yeah, it's very easy to just see things with your blinkers on and not see other people's perspectives and how they view life and go through life. So I think another part of it is just being more mindful. Um, In terms of our role, I think I kind of touched on that, but... Yeah, just stepping up and having those difficult conversations. I don't think... I think I'm at a place now where I know because of the work I have to do at school and the work that I want to do going forward after school. As an artist, I better understand now that that kind of work is hard. And I understand that I'm a sensitive person and it's going to affect me. And that's the kind of work that you have to be doing. Like, that's the work that makes people feel things. It's the work that makes people question what they're doing and how they're behaving. It's the work that creates change. And I think a lot of people still need to realize that in order to see those things happen and in order to see progress just in general you gotta talk up like you can't not want to have uncomfortable conversations and not want to say the things that nobody wants to hear I'm not saying be rude or be outright mean and disrespectful towards somebody do not disrespect people but also don't stand for shit like don't just take crap don't not say when things are not right and that's whether that's affecting you or not Because that's a big part of what, when you go back to race, that's a big part of what being an ally is. How can you be a better listener to things you don't understand? 
being even more open-minded. Uh, obviously, I think I'm open-minded and patient, but I think being patient and for me, the biggest thing is always working around or understanding how someone else's perspective is having them appreciate different scenarios. So, you know, I think my direct steps would be allowing people to feel comfortable or giving them that space so they know, like, yeah, I can I can do X, Y, and Z, and I can let Neil know, or I, this is my problem, Neil. How can I let you know? Um, like, let them know that, or make it so it's the level of, or the level of understanding is one where, like, it's okay. I have a problem. I can go to Neil and talk about it. Or they're aware that I'm willing to be there and listen. And it's not a case where they're kind of battling themselves in their head and like, oh, I don't know if I should go or I don't want to trouble this person's problem. I think that is kind of the start of it. And then really just ensuring that I'm patient with it and I think before I speak because. If you didn't realize, my mind can go at a million miles a minute. So sometimes I hear something and I think of something completely um, unrelated or off tangent, potentially. Or I think of something too quickly and then by the time they get down to it, they explain it. But I'm still considering this other thing that I already thought of earlier. But yeah, I think it boils down to being open-minded and patient. Um because of our background, obviously Barbados has a lot of different, it's very multicultural. So I think that's enabled me to be more comfortable other cultures, but I always, I literally always enjoy experiencing new cultures. So I think from that aspect, like my adaptability is very decent. So once I can get the perspective and really get a full understanding of it like i think that allows me to be a better listener um yeah feel free to critique that and you have the right steps in place because you just said like you're relatively adaptable but when i think of that and this is what you already have like i think of there needing to be a willingness you have to be willing to be adaptable you have to be willing to put in that kind of work you have to be willing to be open-minded because that's where a lot of the problems like stem from nowadays people just that's what those are the problems that we have with older generations where they're so set in their ways that they're just not willing to listen they're not willing to change their mindset they're not willing to put in the work and at least for me and the people that i have in my circle i've accepted the way a lot of them are and forgiven a lot of them because I understand that they didn't do it to themselves necessarily like they didn't create that way of thinking for themselves and the stage that they're at in their life a lot of the things for me it's unfair to ask them to reverse a lot of that unless it's overtly being disrespectful towards me which none of it is I just kind of let them have their perspectives on life even if they don't align with mine necessarily but that doesn't mean that I don't voice my point of view and to close us off 
just a quick I was about to say one word or it's not one word or it's a one liner and I kind of mentioned this in my last answer as well but if a conversation is hard it's probably the one worth having